the future. A relentless, desperate wasteland ravaged by nuclear war. With the destruction of the internet and search engines such as Google, accurate information about the past is traded like currency. Two brave travelers are commissioned with the dangerous task of going back through time to gather as much information as they can to find out about the late 20th and early 21st centuries in hopes that a future society may rebuild what was lost and avoid the horror of a smoldering radioactive planet. But there is a catch. The traveler's journey back across eons of time is a one-way trip, leaving them stranded in the past. Wait, what? There's no way to communicate their findings to the future other than burying reinforced time capsules in the ground. In the hopes that one day recordings such as these will be unearthed to provide a glimpse of the world that once was. This is the mission of the crispy coated robots. And it must succeed. Hey, it's Jim. And then it's Joseph. Oh, and it's George. Uh, welcome. I know where I was going with that one. I, I is that exactly a cartoon what, sidekick or is that Shakespeare? We don't know. I know exactly where you're going. <laughs> welcome to episode 158 of Crispy Coated Robots. Uh, Joseph, what is, well, what are the two topics tonight? The first topic is much ado about Shakespeare. That's right. We're going to be talking about the best movie adapted movies of shakespeare famous shakespeare plays so i thought it was like just, anything open like it could be anything that was adapted shakespeare movies tv anything that's yeah, what that was much not, to do about shakespeare. it's not like when we say adapted it's not that whole like you know oh here's you know much ado about nothing that denzel washington's in we're not talking right, about that right. type of adaptation we're talking about like a modern story that has that Shakespearean elements in it, right? Right. Yeah, but yeah. I thought I okay. thought we were open to TV too. No, and we are open Jim, to TV. Jim's in trouble. I can tell. I, just, well, I, just, I just want to make sure because I, I was like, like TV. Oh, wait, uh, the said much to do about Shakespeare. Three Gilligan's that very Island loose. episodes. That's very loose. Exactly. That's yeah, why I was afraid Gilligan's of George. When he says TV, and, and, I'm like, okay, where's Gilligan? Where's Gilligan? Okay, and the second one, which which is which is fantastic. I'm super excited about this. Is best cartoon sidekicks. Uh, that's right. You know, we, we talked about villain henchmen and all that, but we, we need, we need to give the animated, uh, sidekicks, the best buds, the guys that help out the heroes, uh, they're due. So best cartoon sidekicks. All right. Yeah, and, uh, we, we do have a, uh, best and worst sidekicks episode. I don't remember what number it is, but this is exclusively cartoon cartoon characters. Yes. So. Stay All right. tuned, folks. It's going to be a good episode today. So let's Woo. move on. Let's go ahead and take it with the Shakespeare. Much ado about Shakespeare number five for you, Joseph. Uh, a classic, I think, uh, from 1985, Just One of the Guys. This is mine at number five, too. <laughs> Do we have a slumber party? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We had a slumber party about this 12th night uh, adaptation. Uh, that starred uh, Joyce. Heisner. Who was it? Joyce Heisner. Heiser. Yeah, 
Joyce yeah, Heiser. Well, she was like kind of she was kind of like uh, on the tip of being like a star. I know she actually I think she dated Springsteen and she did a you know was kind of making the rounds in Hollywood. This was her big starring role, and after that, you know, it did well. It did really well. It's like you know, it's coming out with like Blu-ray extended versions and you know crisp uh, audio and all this stuff. But uh, I, you know, Joyce kind of fell back on tv and did some roles and kind of retired after that yeah so she was the original uh i have boobs so i'm a girl shocker yes uh, scene you know it's been it's been uh duplicated several different times no pun intended on that uh but uh yeah this is great she is a high school reporter trying to get her big break and so she decides to be one of the guys on the football team and, and what was she, a big a or something something yeah. like that yeah i mean it's, it's very loosely 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 based on 12th night because that was like a brother and sister and one of them dressed, correct you know uh you know dressed the opposite gender uh so that's that's where they get the shakespeare connection but uh yeah so i mean like you said that the, the one the scene that made a, a lot of boys into men was the uh the, the ripping up her opener <laughs> shirt at the prom and all it took <laughs> the look on the her her date's face like what are those <laughs> what are those because <laughs> yeah. they're having this kind of connection the whole thing and he's like you know same thing you're wondering if you're gay or not and of course the big reveal this is the same thing as victor victoria you know that oh, yeah. whole kind of thing james gardner is having trouble thinking he's gay with julie andrews and that well that's basically the plot of um shakespeare and love too for the first part of it yeah so yeah yeah so. it's a good good choice joseph i don't have much to add it's just it's just fun it's like i think it's voted one of the best 80s tv com- 80s comedies uh by entertainment uh, weekly magazine like in the top 100 so there you go just one of the guys george your number five uh my number five is based on the taming of the shrew it's 10 things i hate about you from 1980 uh, i'm sorry 1999 and that's heath ledger uh, Julia Stiles, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Larissa Olenek. Um, So the, the plot, super simple. Popular girl at school, Bianca, isn't allowed to date until her older sister, Kat, Julia Stiles, does. So it's a Taming of the Shrew from 1999. Heath Ledger, that's two. right. right. What does he, he sing in the bleachers? Was it I Want You to Want Me or something? Uh, Heath Ledger does his famous scene in there uh this one yeah the the cheap trick song yeah yeah larry miller is the father i, I remember the weirdest thing about movies and the one girl the uh what would you how do you pronounce her name she was Bianca? she came from like a nick lena uh, the character or, no the the last one you said larissa yeah she was on old, a popular old nick, old nick? yeah she was know. on a popular nick show that was her big suppose uh you know, teen movie debut thing. Because her last name was Nick. She was on Nick. Is that no? She, I think her name was uh. Was, the show was oh, Carissa. Oh. I forgot what it was called. Chris explains it all. No, that was. Uh, anyways, I'm getting my Nick shows mixed up. <laughs> That's a wrong show. That was Melissa Uh-oh. Joan Hart. Oh, abort! 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 So, so part- was that your number? Your number five? Yeah, no, just one of the guys was. So, oh, I'm okay. Done. Oh, okay. So right. we're over to car- cartoon sidekick number five for you, Joseph. Cartoon sidekick. Uh, This is a confession. Uh, Jim and I were going to a film festival, and that's the confession. uh, We're staying in a hotel room. He he was he was in the bathroom. He came out of the bathroom, and I was sitting there and I was watching Uh Phineas and Ferb 
uh-huh. on television. He's like, <laughs> are you really watching this? Like, your kid's not around. Why are you watching it? It's because I love Phineas and Ferb. And so I'm talking about uh, Ferbs or Ferb Flesher uh, from, from it. He, uh, Phineas and Ferb are stepbrothers. Uh, Ferb, though, is sort of the quiet one. He's the industrious one. He's sort of the the true inventor, where Phineas is more the the marketeer, the social guy. Uh, Ferb is is quiet, uh, and uh, I think he's a great character. I just think he's a great character. So uh, my my sidekick is the stepbrother Ferb. Very I nice. only watched it for a Perry the Platypus, the Detective Platypus thing. Oh, so good. So good. There you go. George, what is your number five? My number five. Oh, hang on a second here. Get this on the board. Well, I'm not sure what happened there. Sorry, Joseph. The marker is all <laughs> out of uh, mark. My, my choice doesn't get there to be put okay. on the board. There you Sorry, go. Sorry, I just got to hold it up a little bit there. So, my number five is going to be Ernest, or, or rather Ernst uh, Pinfold from Danger Mouse. Um, do y'all remember this character? He's a little hamster. Yeah. I do remember the character. And, and he hates watch it that being, much. He, he, Danger Mouse is this uh, white mouse with an eye patch and, you know, kind of a James Bond sort of mouse. But um, what I like about this character is despite his fears and his hate to be out in the field with danger mouse, uh, he does it, he assists. So that self-sacrifice and, uh, Joseph, do you remember his, uh, what he's always saying? Oh, crumbs. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, but, crumbs. Uh, Pinfield, my number five. Nice. Huh? My number five, uh, came from the animaniac show. They had a recurring skit later spun off in their own popular primetime series. I won't say popular, but uh, cult primetime series, Pinky in the Brain. And even though he's first in the uh, list, Pinky, I consider him the sidekick in the situation because Brain is the mouse trying to take over the world. And is uh, Orson Welles' best man who, uh, man who saw tomorrow voice. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Pinky would always find some way of messing up a foolproof plan by uh, the other mouse, of course, the Brain, who came up with a plan to take over the world. There's always something Pinky would do, almost Gilligan-esque, to destroy it. Uh, but in a fun way, you were never mad at Pinky because it was funny stuff. Uh, it was voiced by uh, Rob Paulson, uh, who does this kind of high British voice. We don't know why he's British or why it's high, but that is the character of Pinky. I guess we don't know why Brain has the Orson Welles voice either. But uh, my number five side, uh, side, sidekick this, is uh, This Pinky. is my number four, Jim. Oh, Ooh, wow. Have that wow. Party. Anything you'd like to add? Party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's he's lovable. I mean, he's sweet. There's, there, there's no uh, malice in Pinky. And he's he's completely loyal to the brain. Uh, that's the thing is that he's completely loyal to him. So has to be there. Yeah. Great sidekick. Uh, George, what is, Oh, well, we're done. Okay. Let's move back to the, uh, Shakespeare. Much to do about Shakespeare. Number four, Joseph. It's gotta be on here. 1961. Not the new one. Oh, this is my oh, number West four. Side also, story. come on, come on. <laughs> that's my number one. My number one. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking Natalie Wood. Maria. Everybody has to sing a song from the musical. Go ahead. Your turn, Joseph. 
I'm just, just going to snap my fingers. Yep, the sharks and the jets. Shark or a jet? Obviously, this is an adaptation from Romeo and Juliet, and that's all I have to say about it. You guys can take over from there. Won't you be in America? George, your turn for a song. I feel pretty. I feel pretty. I prefer little Richard's. I prefer little Richard's version, but that's very good though. But uh, yeah, the Montague, the Montagues and the Capulets are at it again, this time in New York City. So uh, yeah, this, this, I, I, for a long time did not realize this was ripping off um, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, for oh, a, George. No, for, well, <laughs> as a kid, though, I understand that. No, as, as a kid, uh, whenever it would come on, I just thought, oh, this is cool. Uh, people, gang fights are are cool and choreographed. Uh, and then years later, it's like, oh. So I, I fell in love with it a second time, realizing that it was based on, you know, the play by the Bard, you know, by Shakespeare. So, uh, but yes. Yeah. my nice. uh, Did you have, my parents had the album, the original album, and it had one of those gatefolds that opened up. And kind of had a big telling of the story with all these kind of pictures. And before I even saw the movie, you know, you start to see like Tony Lyon there with the yeah. knife and all that stuff. So when it came on TV, it was a big deal because, you know, I mean, they didn't have VHS at the time. So it was like, hey, you know, it's almost like Wizard of Oz when that came on TV. It's a big deal to watch. Took up the whole night. But uh, yeah, I think it's an enduring classic. I do think the 61 version. Sorry, Steven Spielberg is a lot better than the more recent release. Yeah. I don't have hate towards the new one. I don't but, either. No, but you know, you you always come. It, it, whoever you come to the dance with is who you dance with. And for the three of us, I think it's the sixty-one Natalie Wood version. So, uh, George, nice. what is your number four? My number four. This is a bit of a stretch here, maybe, but uh, it is Forbidden Planet from nineteen fifty-six. How it is um, from the. Um, the tempest okay so walter pigeon and francis leslie nelson's first movie uh and of course robbie the robot and uh in the play the tempest uh prospero uses his magic to create this raging storm at sea and you know causes the shipwreck and everything and uh walter pigeon is dr edward um morbius uses his mind to attack a 23rd uh, century spaceship on, on Forbidden Planet. But uh, do y'all know the original title? Uh, no. Uh, Forbidden Planet? Yeah. Fatal uh, Planet. Uh, Planet Tempest? No, I just told you. Fatal Planet. Oh, Fatal Planet. Planet. Planet Fatal Tempest. Planet. But like they, they filmed it on the same uh, stage as they did uh, The Wizard of Oz. So about 20 years before the same. So that garden... Uh, in the play is the Munchkin set. It's the little Munchkin village. Uh, if you go back and look at it, I was wondering why that planet had a yellow brick road. I yeah. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, number four cartoon sidekick Joseph. Okay, number four is Pinky the Mouse. That's right. George, you're number four. It's going to be Arthur from The Tick. So the tick is a cartoon that came out in 1994 and it's this silly six foot blue tall hero who's super strong, basically indestructible. 
Arthur doesn't have those superpowers. So you can see there's a little trend here, like the, the little hamster guy a minute ago. Uh, he doesn't have superpowers and actually dismissed from his accounting gig that he had the, the firm there because of mental issues. But uh, he has my respect because takes a lot of guts for a guy who has no powers to be a sidekick of somebody that's basically indestructible. And um, I think the funniest thing about Arthur is his costume. He's supposed to be a moth, but when his, when his wings are closed uh, and folded up, he just looks like a rabbit. He looks like a white rabbit, but uh, that is my number four. Arthur from the tick. All right. My number four, the theme song to this show went up from the depths, 30 stories high, breathing fire, his head in the sky, Godzilla, 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 and Godzuki. <laughs> yes, Godzuki. Now, was, was Godzuki a sidekick or an yes, offspring? Yes, Godzuki was because every Godzilla in the show was, was actually uh, he, a hero. They would summon him for, uh, uh, you know, emergencies almost like Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. So when they summoned Godzilla, Godzuki came too because he responded to the same uh, <laughs> signal. So you had <laughs> Godzilla and Godzuki fighting, but of course, Godzilla was more powerful than Godzuki. Godzilla was, Godzuki was more like a comic effect. But uh, yeah, I, one of the best parts of the show is the theme song when Godzuki comes in and just goes to that dumb uh, <laughs> and Godzuki. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, but again, what, some, was some Godzuki... people don't like him. They call him the Scrappy Doo of monsters. But I did like Godzuki just because of his presence, uh, comic wise, in this kind of very serious Godzilla saves the world show. So, but was he and was he Godzilla's kid? Is what I was asking. He was Godzilla's. Uh, let's see here. I, they said the relationship to him was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. They just Godzuki. No, they, 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 I mean he's just a Godzilla monster, just a small one named Godzuki. Okay. So don't question my <laughs> sidekick. And your 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 uh, kid can't be a sidekick, George. Not my look kid. at uh, look at Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> H.W. This is my boy, oh, H.W. I'm an oil man. So there you go. But that right. actually wasn't his son. That that wasn't his biological son. But he, he, oh. he you know, the oh, whole movie. Boy. Oh, boy. You, you know, uh, someone could be your son without having to, you know, without Godzuki being a biological. In the movie, we're giving Godzuki a heck of a lot the, more attention than it deserves. <laughs> but Godzuki in the, in the movies, he just looked like a, I, kind of I, like a hairless gorilla. I talked about the cartoon. Oh, I know, no, but it's I, cartoon sidekicks. It's not movie I, sidekicks. But I'm I'm exploring how different that version was from the car because in the cartoon one, yeah, he's he flies, he's got wings and stuff. But uh, and so the spelled movie version, you spelled his name wrong too. Just want to put that out there. Oh, G O D Z O O K I E. Godzuki. Uh, no, I think that is how it's spelled. Like, it like a pie. You're doing the movie spelling. It's like get, a Pizuki, get off the movies, right? get just the cartoons. It's a cartoon side. Uh, do you know? <laughs> do you know the assignment this week? Cartoon side. I know, I I know who's not getting a vote. <laughs> Man, I'm really hungry for a Pizuki. I'm now. just saying. What? You keep on talking about the movie. It's the it's the cartoon. There has a. There you go. Well, one too many O's, but it adds to the effect. Kazuki. Yeah. All right. So what? Where are we? <laughs> Where are we? Huh? We're going Where, to the what? number three. Uh, much ado about Shakespeare. Then we'll take a little break. Joseph. 
My only uh, television entry on this is House of Cards, uh, which is a lot of people say have similarities to Macbeth. Obviously, uh, the difference is that Frank Underwood is bad from the start. However, he is manipulated by Lady Macbeth in this in this case, it's Claire Underwood, uh, who actually turns out to be sort of evil. Uh, so uh, it's a great, great show. Uh, shows a lot of depth in all the characters, just like the Shakespearean plays do. So uh, and and, you know, Shakespeare, you know, really was an a feminist in many ways. He showed how oh, yeah. his female characters were powerful and could be just as ruthless and menacing as any male character he created. Oh, yeah. So, uh, House of Cards. Yeah, and our uh, villains episode, uh, Lady Macbeth, is one of my my top five. Definitely, definitely a strong strong Macbeth. villain. All right, George, what's your number uh, three modern Shakespeare villain? So, villain, sorry, th- this <laughs> yeah. one. Um, uh, you know, maybe a little on the nose here, but it is from uh, 2001's O, uh, which is Othello. Okay. Uh, and this is uh, an update to Shakespeare's uh, tragedy, Othello. Julia Stiles were- again, huh? Julia Stiles yep. again. Martin Sheen, uh, Mackay Pfeiffer. Uh, uh, what's his name from um, Pearl Harbor? Uh, Josh uh Harnett. Harnett? yeah uh but um they replaced the warriors with a bunch of prep students who you know at this high school really kind of become their their worst enemies but uh, uh i thought it was a, a clever way to to do that so even if you don't know about desdemona um you know and everything from the shakespeare play uh it's still a pretty good watch it's it's intriguing they, they make their names sound similar to, to those characters like is he, is he like desi or something she yeah like desi yeah 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 so it's kind of like if you know the source material uh you can you get that extra little bonus um of watching it but it's done well it's it's a, a decent movie but okay uh my number three happened on October 3rd, 1966, when the TV world was shook by the producer, the episode of Gilligan's Island, where a producer <laughs> played by Phil Silvers, Phil Silvers, anybody, how you doing, came on the island, and he uh, completely ignored Ginger Grant, who's the actress, and she decides that Gilligan says the best thing is to put on a version of Hamlet. The only problem with the records they brought to the island, the only thing they had was Bizet's Carmen, so... This is where we get the classic to be or is not to be is the question. So they did, they do a whole musical to Hamlet and the musical is so good. The musical version of Hamlet is so good that uh, Herman Hecuba, the producer played by Phil Silvers uh, leaves the Island and puts it on himself and, and has a big hit. So, but we get some great, uh, get about 10 minutes of great Hamlet as acted by Gilligan, Ginger, the skipper and Mary Ann. So Gilligan's Island, the producer, Hamlet and Carmen in the same episode. Amazing. (laughs) All right, let's take a little break. (laughs) No comment from the peanut gallery. Caitlin presents a leaf blower.
eyes. Yeah. George had to put that back on. Tom was laughing at him. It's not funny. Yeah, All right. I got, I got more hair than you, buddy. Put so. away the leaf blower. <laughs> George has got that tube on there. He doesn't want anybody else to know. So come on, guys. Did you, <laughs> Did you just call it a tube? Yeah. <laughs> Hell to pay. That's the name of our band. Yeah. We're all wearing tubes. Um, all right. So we're on to number three, cartoon psychic. Joseph, who you got? Okay. He has poor memory. He shows strange common sense. And really, he has no sense of smell because oh. starfish do not have noses. That's right. I'm talking about Patrick Starr. This is my number that's, one. That's right my wow. number three. Yeah. Pat, Pat, Patrick Starr. He is the starfish <laughs> from Bikini Bottom. Uh, and he is the best friend of SpongeBob. And a lot of people say he has to be so dumb to make spongebob look good you know but the whole thing about patrick is there's an innocence yeah and spongebob is innocent as well but patrick is truly lovable innocent (laughs) loyal uh and that's all i have to say patrick star so many great lines bill fagerbake is the actor who does it and if you watch the old show coach you know it's the same voice he's not really doing anything different (laughs) it's just his voice (laughs) which is pretty amazing yeah so anything to add george no, that's my number three. Perfect. Yeah, three such way, a good three-way good uh, entry there, folks. Nice, that's nice. Yeah. What is so? Your that's your number three. It was Joseph's number three, right? My number three is uh, from the show The Flintstones, uh, done uh, voiced by the great Mel, Mel Blank. It's Barney yep. Rubble. Barney Rubble, as as said in the movie Night Shift by Leonard Carbone. Barney Rubble, what an actor! Uh, was such a good. Uh, such a great character for Fred Flintstone's angry, you know, sometimes he's angry, loud mouth, whatever you had Barney Rubble just with that kind of chief Fred, you know, that kind of really kind of just yeah. going through my life. number two, my number my two, number Jim, one. Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. E- even keel. Uh, I think Rick Moranis actually kind of captured him pretty well in the movie, but you can't beat the cartoon version of Barney Rubble. It's like weird. If you watch the really early episodes, he almost has his voice is a little bit different. Uh, yeah, he had then, a more of a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, yeah, and then it kind of falls into like in place, like a few episodes in. Anything else yeah. to add about Barney Rubble? Well, his real name, Bernard Matthew Rubble, uh, <laughs> and uh, he's the maternal nephew of uh, Mr. Slate. Oh wow, George Slate. Yeah, he's uh, Fred Fred Flintstone's boss. But you know the the whole thing about the Flintstones is they were based on the Honeymooners. The Just based. There was a rip off of the Honeymooners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, he's so from he's, Cramden. He yeah. he's the uh, Art Carney. Yeah. yeah. So, and yep. and the thing is, you know, it, to me, he's always very much like the Art Carney character, very contented in his own skin, but he always plays along with his the, the person that he is the sidekick to uh with whatever schemes you know fred's always trying to get rich quick and stuff like that just like ralph uh was um but uh and ed norton would just kind of go along with things uh yeah but uh yeah you know. i wanted to put the the great kazoo but it's it, maybe it's, i'll save that for a strange characters in cartoons episode yeah i he, think a sidekick he's got to be around all yeah he's got to be like complete, yeah. like i mean barney rubble is a true sidekick he's like yeah. by fred's side almost the entire yeah. series you know so but the great kazoo is a great character harvey corman dumb dumb uh <laughs> so we are now on nice. to number two much ado about shakespeare what you got joseph 10 things i hate about you Okay, there you go. So, so, I mean, uh, George, what you got? 
Oh, wait, let me fix that. Sorry. Uh, my number two, this is low hanging fruit, but it's got to be said 1994 it's Hamlet done with animals in the lion King. Uh, the story of a King that's murdered by his brother and a young Prince who will someday avenge his father. Uh, I am grateful though, that Disney decided to leave out the part where the queen marries the, or the uncle. Okay. Uh, instead they just, uh, made Madge Sinclair and the other lioness, the uh, pack troop or whatever you call them, uh, servants to scar to to jeremy uh irons but uh that is my number two is it's it's hamlet performed by a bunch of lions in the lion clink <laughs> uh mine mine also has <laughs> to do with hamlet it happened december 5th 1974 happy days a star is bored now the baseball team that Richie and all them play on want to get new uniforms. So they decide the best thing to do is to put on a church prep, uh, production of Hamlet. Uh, <laughs> so they try to do it traditionally, and it's hilarious. One of the, my favorite scenes is where uh, Ron Howard uh, Richie's trying to do it like with the old man and do this voice, and Ralph Mouth's just laughing the entire time. He's like, "Come on, Ralph!" <laughs> but they get Fonzie to star in it, so people will come see it. So Fonzie tries to learn his lines and then he just gives up and he does this kind of like uh is this the Fonzie can't read? No, no, this is this is the this is in season two, so there's no live audience. This is the the two seasons that were shot like a movie, which is always a debate about uh with, with Matt Stevens and I with RIP was like, what is the better happy days seasons without the live audience or with it? Some people like the live audience and jumping over the chicken, and that's what I think turned- it has. I think it has less to do with the live audience and more to do with the color of the jacket. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, he was in, he was in the white jacket in this one. So it, it was, it, it was, he was still the cool Fonzie though, for him to actually stand up and act and do Hamlet. Of course he finds it boring. So he turns it, he puts his own cool culture into it. And uh, they do kind of this kind of fifties hipster version of the play of Hamlet. And they end up raising the money to get their uh, uniform. But uh very uh, uh it's it's one of the funniest episodes and, and it's hard to explain it's one of the funniest episodes because there's there's barely a laugh track on there and those first two seasons like just shot like a movie you get the close-ups of the characters you don't have this big kind of pull-out scene with all of them and these cameras all set up so it really works well a star is bored the version of hamlet on happy days is my number two so all right let's move uh, back I, I have to point out uh, technical issue here why is the lion king selected to go in who agreed with you george oh, sorry i george. didn't sorry that's that's that <laughs> sneakiness right there that's a sneakiness Sneaky george that's, that's another shakespeare production. just making a, a prediction here so. <laughs> sneaky george it's all about like it's, it's the uh, king lear so he's that's right. <laughs> uh, more more richard the third more richard the third right that's yeah. right uh, he tries to sneak in his own selections. Uh, all right. So number two, are, are you guys done with your cartoon psychic list? No, I got, I've got one more. I got number two. Also, do you have a number two, Joseph? I got number two. Okay, go ahead. Uh, mine is the ultimate sidekick. I think a lot of people, when they say sidekick, they think of this character and it is Robin from Batman and Robin. Uh, he's the ultimate, uh, Dick Grayson is the ultimate sidekick to Bruce Wayne. Uh, what can you say about him? His family uh, was trapeze artists. Uh, 
and he uh they all died and so he was adopted <laughs> i guess i don't know well and, my question uh, to you is which cartoon uh rendition there's so many batman cartoons like in this the 60s one that i watched after school the late 60s 70s one yeah was, that probably Casey one. was robin so he was like the, Geez, Batman! You know <laughs> that that that's probably the one. The one that I grew up with was the, probably that 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 Robin on there. So, holy God, Robin for Batman. Batman and Robin. There you go. Okay, George, what is your number two? Linus Van Pelt. Oh, so nice. this is this is Charlie Brown's best friend, often giving him advice after listening to all of Charlie Brown's various insecurities. Uh, but at the same time, I, I like this relationship because Charlie Brown ignores a lot of Linus's faults. So, you know, he's got this crazy, almost cult thing happening with the great pumpkin, you know, trying to get people to believe into that. And then he's got that security blanket and he sucks his thumb and stuff like that. But they have this kind of unspoken bond allegiance to each other. And, um, even though Linus is younger than Charlie Brown, He's very intelligent and kind of wise at certain times and acts as the whole cartoons, uh, philosopher and, uh, even theologian and, you know, where he quotes, uh, Bible passages, you know, in the Christmas special, but Linus, Linus Van Pelt, All little right. brother, little brother to suit, uh, Lucy, you know, you are correct. My number two is Norville Shaggy Rogers from Scooby-Doo. I'm talking about the original one. Speaking of Casey Kasem, uh, you know, was a classic uh, sidekick to Scooby-Doo, and they would always split up and always be uh, <laughs> Norville Shaggy Rogers and Scooby together, which I'd be like, I, I got the dog. You know, they have actual people. I always get the dog. But uh, constantly hungry like Scooby is, will eat Scooby snacks. Uh Originally started out as a vegan vegetarian because Casey Kasem was a vegetarian, but they decided to, you know, open up his palate a little bit. So he was having liverwurst giant, mode and all that stuff. Giant sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, giant sandwiches. So they couldn't really, you know, do that. Inspired, let's take it back to Gilligan, inspired by Bob Denver's portrayal of Maynard G. Krebs. Dobie on, Gillis. Yeah. yeah, and the Dobie Gillis show, even down to the goatee. So yeah. uh great Zoinks. shot. So, Scooby and Shaggy. So Shaggy is my sidekick. That's so right, Scoob. Is is Shaggy? Who is he? The sidekick to Scooby Doo. It's the sh- the title show is called Scooby Doo. Where oh, he's are the, you? The sidekick to Scooby the dog. Yes. Okay. The title of the show is called Scooby Doo. Where are you? Not Shag- Shaggy Rogers. Where are you? Got it. Good. <laughs> All right. I don't know. We're gonna get into another uh, <laughs> right. here, aren't we? <laughs> I, can, I can I can feel it building. Yes. Number one, all about Shakespeare. I think Joseph and I definitely have the same one. So oh. this this is a personal this is a personal story. Before I tell you what it is, because I think it involves Jim and myself. Yes, uh, we. Believe it or not, George, you may not believe this, but uh, we weren't the biggest readers in high school. Okay, and, I knew uh, you in high school, and no, I believe it. And, and <laughs> I know you now. <laughs> that's true. That's true. If it, if it's not an audible, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I don't know what it's about. Uh, that's true. You didn't read my novel. Well, you did read one of mine, but I the did. first one. 
That that's right. I'm sorry. He listened to it, right? No, <laughs> I no, he actually. To the first one. Oh, okay. I read the second one. Yeah, he actually read go. the second one. Yeah, sorry. Uh, it just took me a really long time. I'm not a yeah. strong reader, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not a strong swimmer. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't know. It was our sophomore year, Jim. I can't remember. We had the same English class, but we had different periods. Yeah, and Jim had. Jim had it like second period and I had it like fourth period. And we were, uh, we had a, a quiz coming up and it was on Hamlet and neither of us read Hamlet. Oh, uh, oh, Jim went in there. I'm going to stop you right now. Whatever this is gets my vote. Whatever this is gonna be, oh, it's, it's and, great, and this so, is one of the greatest movies of all time. And but so, ahead, so Jim went in to take the test and did not do that well on it. Surprise. But then, after they <laughs> talked about what Hamlet was, like passing periods before I got in there, he goes, "Dude, it's just strange brew." And I was <laughs> like, "I got like a hundred on the test." I swear to God, I got a hundred on the nice. test. Just because Jim, my friend, told me it's strange brew. So my number one choice is strange brew. <laughs> so good. Bob Bob and Doug McKenzie get mixed up in a uh, brewery, of course, where the mother has been, I mean, uh, the brewer has been killed and the uncle is, is now dating the, uh, you know, played, played by the great Paul Dooley, who had the great line. See, that has time cones on it. Those those are hard to fake. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> I mean, and, and, you know, it's Elsnore Brewing, which is the castle in Hamlet. All these things had no idea. Yeah, right right <laughs> over our heads. Yeah. So it's it's almost like the whole Strange Brew connection was perfect for me because nice. I was like, I understood Shakespeare because I knew sh- I knew Strange Brew. That's, it's kind of crazy. What did he tell you Beowulf was about? They got about Max von Sydow in the movie, of course, is Brewmeister Smith, you know, and... and the, the funny thing about this is the thing they wanted to do was they actually went up to Cisco and Ebert and they wanted them to do a review of the movie right during the credits. Uh, but Cisco <laughs> and Ebert said no, because that would go against their professional whatever. But whatever. they actually approached them about when, as the credits were rolling to review the movie <laughs> right after it's done. But uh, yeah, this is this is a great one. I mean, like I said, w- loosely based. I mean, because there's so much other comedy going on and stuff like that. But, it got uh, me a hundred on the test. That's all, <laughs> that's all, all you care about. <laughs> My number one, Strange Brew, of course. Joseph's number one, Strange Brew. George, what's your number one? My number one is still West Side Story. So okay, uh, there you I go. am. I am done with my list. I'm so. done with cartoon psychics myself. Joseph, do you have another one? Or are you done? I am done. Mine was uh, Barney Rubble. My number right. one was Barney Rubble. Nice. So. So there we so, go. There's yeah. our list. Where, uh, where do you guys Very want to nice. start? Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. Uh, this, <laughs> this comes in from Craig Sisson. Uh, Craig Sisson writes in about our wrestlers episode, and he wants Jim and I to apologize to to George. Oh, oh. George. Craig right. Sisson's a fan. Uh, nice. Thank you, Craig. And Craig or Craig? What he wants Craig? to point out is that. Uh, he is a huge fan of Hussein Krizal Alavasiri, ah, yes. uh, which is better known as the Iron Sheik. That's right. He goes, guys, how could you not put him on the list? He's essential to what we know as modern day wrestling. Uh, he was a former champion in Iranian of Greco wrestling. Uh, so True. he was a real wrestler. 
uh, on that. And he came in and he created a character and we would not have Hulk Hogan today without him. And the reason why he says this is because the, the champion at the time, uh, Bob Backlund, who was like this undefeated wrestler at the time, knew he had to give up the belt but refused to give it up to Hulk Hogan because he didn't see himself as an athlete. But the Iron Sheik was respected by all the other wrestlers, and he says, I'll give it up to him. So that's why the Iron Sheik was the champion before Hulk Hogan. Uh, Therefore, he created everything, and he deserves to be on the list. Please apologize to George. He was right. You two bozos were wrong. He called us bozos, Jim. Oh, wow. Uh, you two bozos were wrong. Wow. So, uh, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I'm, 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 I am I'm know when I'm wrong. Craig, I'm sorry. Uh, George, from the bottom of my heart, I am so sorry. I should listen to you more. I'm sorry. I suck. I'll let Jim decide whether he wants uh, to say it or not. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I don't suck. But the other thing is, too, is I, I didn't see it. So I, that was kind of, I have a little bit of an out on there. But I, I did, <laughs> I do want to see it. I'm a big fan. I actually have him. He's on the wrestling album, one of my favorite albums from the 80s. So I mean, yeah, I'm a fan. So all well, right. There you go, George. You got to well, feel good about that. I appreciate it. Thank you, Craig. Uh, next week, we'll work on them with uh, the singing detective. And uh, <laughs> after that, the green Knight. So we've got our work cut out for us. It's going to be an uphill battle, but it'll be worth it. So thank you, Craig. All, All right. right. Well, so let's get to work. Uh, yes. Are we doing honorable mentions for uh, Shakespeare, modern Shakespeare? I just had the uh, moonlighting episode where they did Taming of the Shrew and they did it all in iambic, pen- what is it called? Pentam- they iambic all did- pentameter. pentameter. Yeah, yeah, they all did that in that they entirely stuck with it the whole episode. And that's pretty much it. Joseph, you got anything? None, none this week. Okay. Uh, so what we have that we know goes in the canister are these, the, these four, 10 things I hate about you, which was, Loosely, basic, uh, basically, the taming of the shrew, West Side Story, overwhelmingly three three votes there for uh, the retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Just one of the guys, uh, the Twelfth Night is what that is based on, and uh, I love the fact. I wish I could cast a vote for Strange Brew because that is such a great story uh, for Hamlet. <laughs> what we have to choose from: Forbidden Planet, The Tempest is what that is. Uh, o for Othello, uh, The Lion King, another Hamlet, House of Cards, I think that's stretching it a bit uh, for Macbeth, <laughs> uh, Gilligan's Island, Hamlet slash Carmen, you get a two for one there, uh, and then Happy Days, Hamlet, A Star is Bored. Okay, so lots of Hamlet in here. What are, what are we doing? What are y'all? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh yeah, there's a lot of Hamlet. We probably should try to do something something else. Well, what Hamlet's going in? Strange Brew's going in this Hamlet. Romeo and Juliet, 12th night. Well, I guess we knew another Hamlet. I didn't see. Oh, I remember when it came out, but I didn't see that. Um, I didn't see it either. This may be one of those things of uh, it may be great, and we will be right. apologizing I'll get, I'll to get you. With, I'll get with Craig, and he'll, <laughs> he'll right. write it in a letter. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the Forbidden Planet of the Tempest is pretty good, actually. Uh on that i sort of like that uh <laughs> that, that robot that was the first appearance of robbie the robot seven i, I think it was like seven to ten percent of that movie's budget 
was just on that robot prop. Uh, but, uh, and it was the first movie that, uh, had an all electronic, uh, music score, uh, which is oh, that's right. historic. So, and Tempest was one of my favorite video games. So I could probably go with that. Oh, yeah. Love Tempest. All right. Video all right. game. Well, yeah. Let's go, go for that. Okay. Again, Jim and I, even though, well, I just was glad to mention Gilligan's Island. A video and game. <laughs> Gilligan's Island happy is I glad to mention that because somebody will go seek those out. So I, <laughs> I've, right. I've, I've won already. Okay. <laughs> all right. So we end up with 10 things I hate about you. Forbidden Planet West Side Story, of course. Just one of the guys and the timeless classic. If Hamlet. I mean, if, if, uh, Shakespeare could have, he would have written strange brew. Yes. Uh, to, to be fair, it's just, uh, how's it product, going? Eh? There's a mouse in this beer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cartoon sidekicks where we match a three-way tie on Patrick star from SpongeBob Barney rubble, another three-way tie from the Flintstones, uh, two-way tie on pinky from pinky in the brain. And what we have to choose from is Pinfold from Danger Mouse, Arthur from The Tick, Linus from Charlie Brown, Phineas and Ferb. Which one were we going with on that one, Phineas? Ferb. Ferb. Ferb was oh. the one who didn't talk much, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Let me let me add he, that. He, he's the tinker. He's the one that creates it. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh we have the lovable Godzuki. <laughs> Uh, Robin from Batman and Robin. And That's right, Batman. Shaggy from Shaggy. Uh, Shaggy goes to college. Robin no, versus uh, Shaggy. Robin. What about three notches to number five, Batman? It's Lionel Richie was stuck on you. Keep can we do the stars, Batman? Can we do uh, Batman and Shaggy? Because that that would be that would be something. <laughs> like cheese, like cheese, Batman. Case let's go get something to eat. Episodes. It's like, hey, is that the Joker, Robin? Zoinks! <laughs> I love the chase of Joker, but I'm starving. <laughs> so, how do we do this, guys? We need two more. I do like Linus. I didn't think about that. That's a good one. He's like you said, voice of reason, sidekick. We can like, put him in. Linus is good. Linus, Linus Van Pelt never gets enough love, but he does on crispy coated robots. And I, and, I, and I got Godzuki's name out there, so people will go look it up for the theme song. So uh, I have one already. I and I wasn't anti Godzuki. I was just trying <laughs> to. I always thought Godzuki was uh, seriously. I thought it was an offspring, uh, but I, I could go with Godzuki. That would be. Uh, oh boy! Wow. <laughs> well, oh, let's, we got to go now because Joseph's mad at Godzuki. Yeah, 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 boy. Would Joseph be... make an argument? What What are we doing? Are you, I I am thinking that we go with Robin. He's an animated character, and he is the quintessential sidekick. Well, what What made the What made Robin special as a cartoon that was different from the movies and TV shows? That's where it all started from. I'm just saying. What, what besides Casey Kasem? <laughs> we would have three notches to number five. It's the Bo Bremels with laugh, laugh. Well, fine, fine. Go with your Godzucky. I'm just going <laughs> to pout. Go with your freaking Godzucky. <laughs> oh, Robin oh, makes come it on. in. That's not. That's, that's because not I'm good. pouting. <laughs> I won already. People know about Godzucky now. So. <laughs> I, I used All the right. gym strategy. Wow. And it worked. Uh, I, I George, you got played. Uh-huh. I got played. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, I, I think he's right that in terms of a sidekick, it's always Batman and Robin. 
Batman. But can you pick it's some not, one cartoon one that stands out? Like, well, but because I can't. Okay, but do you ever hear people say Godzilla and Godzuki? I see people with Godzuki T-shirts. No, that's not the. But what I'm saying is hipsters. They don't. They don't say <laughs> Godzilla and Godzuki. You when you say well, Batman, they Robin don't say was, uh, they don't say the Taken Arthur. Well, and that didn't make the canister. So <laughs> you're right. <laughs> All right. So here's what we end up with: Patrick Starr, Barney Rubble, Linus, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, and Robin from Batman and Robin. There we go. There we go. All right. Uh, crispy good robots for a treat with both of these. Uh, yeah. Uh, categories. This uh, this is good we're, stuff. We're on a roll here. Yeah. Yeah. Solid. Uh, Crispy Coded Robots is where you need to go to find out all the back episodes. We referenced them tonight on this show, which we did a couple of them. You'll see all those there. Also, the albums we review, specialty shows, and of course, the merchandise, which is doing nothing. What's wrong with what's wrong? What's, why isn't anybody buying the merchandise? <laughs> it's got some great merchandise there. Shirts, different types of shirts, our pictures, our pictures. Right, right socks. now, more people own Godzuki shirts than they do. <laughs> that, is that, is that, that is true. That is true. That is true. That is that is very sad. Godzuki has been inactive. Since 1978, <laughs> and look at this—we've been we've been going on for what two years now, and uh, 158 episodes. Yeah, Jeez. that's a lot. That's that a, lot. a lot. All right, so uh, George, <laughs> if you want to finish up, there'll be no you interruptions. Bet. You bet. Should I should I say it in Shakespearean uh, tongue? Please. Yeah, yeah, I do it. We've been please. waiting all episode all right. for it. Go ahead. Remember, there's always tomorrow. Ooh, I got chills. Finish it up, or or is there? Oh wow! Exactly the same. Exactly the same as every every week. No, it wasn't anything. <laughs> I was just doing what I do every week. That's so. excellent. Do one well more time, Joseph. You do it. You're the actor. You do it, Joseph. <laughs> no, 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 no. What you did was perfect. Yeah, I that's right. I can't that's match it, George. Ryan I can't applause. match it. Well. We would have three notches to number five. It's Bravo. George Padgett with his, with his uh, Jim Dude is Godzuki. <laughs> Godzuki just made noises, though, so you wouldn't be able to tell. You know? <laughs> All right. I'll do it as Casey Casey. Here we go. <laughs> uh, how's it go again, George? Remember, there's always tomorrow. Well, how, how's it go? 158 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> You do it all the time. <laughs> oh, remember, there's always tomorrow. Or is there? Keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> Number five this week, it's Lionel Richie. We're stuck on you. 